everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, Dan, we're going to be talking about a... about morality, universal uh, morality, an Oxfordian study. Yes, into sort of world religions, world cultures, and they've distilled morality down to a set of uh, some basic rules that seem to be universal. And we're that you, talking that about you it. and I hate. Uh, at first glance, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's they're like, here's how morality works, and we're like, bullshit. <laughs> so, Thanks, Oxford. No. So no, uh, we're not doing that. Our our professional expertise is going up against Oxfordians. We'll but see. this is this is anthropologists and what they've found. Okay. I don't know if they're saying that this is what we should all follow. Yes, I don't think there's moral judgment being passed on this list of moral code. But anyway, uh, anyway, all right. We'll, we'll we will discuss. Okay, here we go, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. I've heard of them. Yeah. Um. And you've probably heard that, like, in, in recent times, uh, the situation in Russia hasn't been so hot for Jehovah's Witnesses. No. Uh, Russia is hostile to them. Yes. And, uh, has, and has jailed some of them, haven't they? Jailed. Um, and, uh, yeah, this, it's not a good situation for right. Jehovah's Witnesses. They don't like them. Well, so I say that only to set up this story. Yeah. Uh, because the story, actually, that I want to talk about takes place in Finland. That's not Russia. It's not Russia, but it is where a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses went. Oh. It has been going. It is Russia adjacent. Right. Uh, And uh, who knows? Maybe in large part because they had... uh, Finland has uh, had a law on the books that allows Jehovah's Witnesses to avoid... uh, the mandatory service in the in the military. Oh, okay. Which is something that Jehovah's Witnesses are dead set against. They, they are. are they will not do military they service. Will not. They'll serve jail time instead. Right. Um, and uh, and sometimes, uh, yeah, they've they've been able to, I think, work out deals in some countries where they can do like an alternative service of some kind. Sure. Um, but it sounds like whatever it is that uh, Finland is offering as the alternative service is not something that, that the Jehovah's Witnesses really like. Mm. Uh, and so um, the Finland is revoking this law. Oh. Uh, they, they are no longer going to uh, allow Jehovah's Witnesses to... Essentially, what they would do is they would postpone their entry into service for three years. And then at the end of three years, they would postpone it again. And oh. they would postpone it again until they aged out of the, that the requirement, okay. right? Um, so they, they have mandatory requ- uh, service it's, in Finland. Yes. You, when you turn 18 and you're male, you go, you, you... And it's only male. The requirement is only male. That's yeah. weird. Uh, Come on, Finns. <laughs> we know you guys. You guys are awesome. You, you know that you can make the women yeah. do it. Well, anyway, based on the fact that the rule was discriminatory, correct? Uh, it is being uh, uh, struck down. Okay. There was a uh, young man who uh, was uh, imprisoned in 2016 for refusing conscripted service, uh, and uh, he has used the fact that the JDubs get to, get to not do it just based on their religion. Uh, as uh, the basis of his case, and they found that he was right. Hmm. It was discriminatory, uh, but too bad. Yeah, <laughs> you still have to serve. The, everyone now has to serve in the military. Yeah, there you go. So, That's how the word "everyone" works. Yeah. Although, frankly, at this point, I—I I mean, I don't know. I—I I live in a country with 300 million people, which mm-hmm. is a very different animal. Yeah. Than uh, some of these smaller countries. Yeah. But I, to my mind, letting someone not serve in the military but do something else that that's also services society, yeah, seems like a, a a worthy thing to do. Right. Everybody has to serve their country for a period of time, but you know, do it militarily, do it this way, do it that way. You know, give some options. Just seems just seems smart. Yeah. 
Well, trust me, not everyone's cut out for military service. Well, they have some sort of other thing that they do. I don't, again, the article doesn't go into what, what the alternative civilian or, uh, yeah, the alternative civilian service is that it mentions in this article. Right. But, uh, toilet scrubbing or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't, I have no idea. Right. But like most, I believe it's most countries in this world have some kind of obligatory military service huh yeah um for for their for their for most countries i would think it's probably most at least most uh uh sort of it's a tradition in the west it's in in europe it's 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 at least very common if it's not most it's a very common uh thing yeah and uh and you mentioned yeah we live in a country with 350 million people and uh and a very poor <laughs> segment of society right. that is willing to kind of just enlist, and there's other segments of society that see that see the op- some opportunities that that military service uh, would, would would provide, would provide sure. such as paying for college and that kind of stuff. Um, and so we have mechanisms that get people to sort of join up in the military, right? Right. That there there's something also cultural. That, that, oh yeah, that, that there's a lot of young young men and young women who yeah they want to they want to go join the military yeah right trade in their their MAGA hat for a <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's just that um, and I uh, obviously in in the you know these some of these countries with much smaller populations they just don't see uh they wouldn't see people signing up in the numbers that they need yeah so. They just make it obligatory. Yeah. Done. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, well, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out with the, you know, at this at this rate, where will the Jehovah's Witnesses go? <laughs> where? Look out, uh, Albania. Here they come. Well, if they just came to this country, which I'm not advocating <laughs> No, that we they exported do. them. <laughs> <laughs> this is our country's the, where they came from. We're, we need to be apologizing for all of the stupid oh, religions that, that we send out into the world. Good Lord. The Mormons. Yeah, who the who else has created some sort of group like this recently? Yeah. We're, boy. God bless our, our, se- our second great awakening was not that great. And boy, did it have some... Long term consequences. Our, our second grade awakening. Yes. Well, sometimes it feels that way. Uh, I'm going to take us to the the fine state of Missouri, here in these United States, mm. uh, where a uh, a bill has been proposed that uh, that targets that is like literally just targets church state separation laws. Or or or, or uh, cases, legal cases, okay, involving this ch- separation of church and state. Okay. Uh, okay, and what it does is say that if you want to file that kind of a, a lawsuit, a church-state separation lawsuit, you're required to use the real names of the people who are uh, the of the plaintiffs. Oh God! No initials. No Jane Doe's. You have to no s- judge's discretion. In no judge's matter. discretion in the matter. Right. You have to file the real names on the thing. Now, interesting that they would say that this is just for church-state separation right. laws. They know exactly what they're doing. Boy, that's just designed to intimidate. It's entirely it's designed to de- to intimidate people out of doing uh, these kinds of lawsuits. That's the only reason that they're doing it, because they know full well that uh, the people who uh, who file these lawsuits risk a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I was watching some of the hearing on 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 the bill. And Ryan Jane from the Fuffer from the Freedom from Religion Foundation uh, was was testifying uh-huh. and mentioned and and talked about you know one uh, one case where uh, a family's name got out that they were the ones filing the lawsuit. They were threatened. Their lives were threatened. They she uh, the woman was attacked. Uh, 
and had her head like slammed into a car. Oh my god! Their house was eventually firebombed and burned to the ground. What? There are real consequences here, people. This is legit stuff that happens to people, especially in a in a state like Missouri, where you know people don't take kindly to interlopers trying to make the Constitution happen. Yeah. So it's like you know, honestly, it's <laughs> this is very clearly designed to say to 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 chill to to put a chilling factor yeah. on on these kinds of lawsuits. They they uh, show me the names. That's yeah. what they're that's what they're doing. They're the show me state. <laughs> show me the names. Oh my god, it's so it's it's infuriating, and uh, I don't know. We don't know if it's going to pass. Right, um, but it seems very clear that it seems very possible that it will pass. Oh boy! Um, no, that's just that's horrendous. It is, uh, and they are, and you were absolutely you hit the nail on the head in that what they're doing is taking away a judge's discretion. Yeah, on this point. Yeah, there is so they don't even trust their judges to uh, to make this call. No, but it's well, so clear. Why would you trust a judge? Why would you trust somebody who's in the room, who knows the facts, who has an education and experience? Like, why would you trust that person? Yeah. yeah. No, that's not who you trust. Legislators, they yeah. know best. It's, you know, it, it, it's so it, it's developers pretty, and realtors and lo- and uh, you know, so forth and so on. Yeah, they know best. Yep. Yep. That's it's, who's in the legislature. It's it's a tricky. insurance salesman. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a it's it's chilling to me how they are willing to put their countrymen's lives at stake over over a legal battle, you know what I mean? Over mm-hmm. something that first of all, they're not defending the constitution the you know, if you asked any of them, they would be like do you how do you feel about the United States Constitution? They would be, they would have nothing but glowing terms. It is a document ordained by Jesus Christ himself. Right. And given by holy mandate to the the wise founding fathers of our country. Right. And then when you say, well, okay, shouldn't we be able to figure out what it means and shouldn't, and how, isn't it important to litigate questions of that magnitude then i will not if it means that i gotta take the if somebody's trying to take the ten commandments out of my courthouse right how dare they right it's crazy that is they are they are hypocrites is what i'm saying they're hypocrites but this is not the first time missouri has misbehaved toward on on the topic of religion no they are badly behaved people (laughs) Shame on them. Shame on them. Dan. Yes. Um, <clears throat> the Supreme Court this week. Yeah. Uh, refused to take up a case. And it, and it has repercussions. It, it means something. Yes. That they did this, right? Whenever. It's it's very interesting. When, it's, when the Supreme Court says we don't want to even hear it, it actually has repercussions. Yes. Right. Uh, that, what, it, what it means, what it means legally uh, in the immediate few, uh, moment is that the lower court's ruling stands. Correct. Whatever that was, whatever that 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 other decision was that somebody is is contesting, they're just letting it stand. Right. right? Um, but then it anyway. Um, so the one the, the 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 ruling in question was from the New Jersey Supreme Court uh, that said. Uh, that Morris County, New Jersey, may not give taxpayer funds to help preserve religious buildings such as synagogues, temples, churches, and mosques. This is kind of a thing. There, mm-hmm. there states and counties and cities and whatnot will run um, preservation funds uh, of, of historic to, buildings meant to preserve uh, buildings of, of, of historic importance in, sure. their, in, in, in their communities. Um, and churches in some jurisdictions have been like, Hey, we've got a historic building, right? Why don't we get some of that sweet, sweet funds, Mm -hmm. uh, instead of having to like, you know, raise it ourselves through 
the means that we already have with our parishioners, right. um, wouldn't it just be better just to get some government money, mm. right? And obviously this causes a little bit of a problem in this church-state separation thing. Correct. Uh, because uh, we shouldn't be using government funds to aid religious organizations because ultimately at the end of the day what they're preserving most likely is going to be their house of worship their meeting house yeah. right that they should just be maintaining and keeping up and blah 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 all on their own um now it is a little dicey at times because sometimes i do think that there are religious edifices of real uh, historic importance. This is what I. That, this that is where I was going to cultural go. importance. I was right? going to say, like, I, I personally, I'm kind of like, I don't know that it is, to my mind, and I am no legal scholar, a separation of church and state issue. If you're going to be preserving culturally important edifices within your jurisdiction, right? I kind of feel like churches, like historic churches, sure synagogues to mosques etc qualify to my mind they 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 are a part of the cultural fabric of the of the area and so uh, so like I, I, uh, to me i think though that figuring out which ones actually are and aren't is always going to be dicey right and just because a building is old doesn't mean that it's historically important right right like it's, this is my this is one of my main big beefs with like you know some historic preservation right which many people may not agree with me on they may see it as well yeah you know preserve it all right (laughs) and i and i i'm just like well if show me that it's important right Mm -hmm. and so if you have a cute little village right and the main town square has a big giant you know beautiful old church Right. right I think that is the kind of thing that maybe you're sort of thinking of, right? Is truly historic and important. Right. It's pivotal. It's central to this community and their identity. You can't you can't escape it, right? In well, essence. and if you're preserving it as a historical uh, as a historical building, if you're preserving it just because uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's got some trouble, and and you know their meeting house is not going to be you need some repairs. I would say then you're then if the only purpose for which it is being preserved is religious. Then it doesn't de- it doesn't deserve the government funding. Hmm. If this is a a building that has you know housed a cute little museum about the about the community or yeah. something or i say you know uh, they would or need... they, they keep their doors open and everyone can go in that's what i was going to say and they they truly have some sort of like public good that yeah. they are providing beyond religious i can have a discussion about that i don't know where my lines are but right. i can discuss that if it's just a house of worship that's being preserved let's close the rest of the week and then Mm-hmm. And 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 yeah, because it, let me tell it you, it only serves their own parishioners, right? Because let me tell you, that super important church in the middle of the town, it's got other ways of raising money outside of the, the local government giving them money. True, right? Like that's it is it, it, it if it has that cultural importance, then the people of the community are going to donate directly. Right. Yeah. They ask for the money. They're going to let's say it's some Baptist church. They're going to get Methodist giving money. They're going to give get all sorts of people from the community. If it truly has cultural and historic significance in that community, other people are going to give to it. Hmm. Right. Um, right here in Salt Lake City, the Catholics needed to, to spruce up the Madeline church. The Mormon church gave them like two million dollars to do that. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah. Like 15, 20 years ago, right? It's a lovely cathedral. It is lovely, right? And it has this historic and cultural significance right. in our community. And the, the the deep pockets over at the LDS Church recognize that. If there's one if the, if there's one thing that the Catholics need, it's help with their with deep pocketed <laughs> churches. Is what I think. Nonetheless, <laughs> so uh, this did, uh, however, uh, get. One uh, Brett Kavanaugh, one un- uh, unfortunately upset. a member of our Supreme yeah. Court now, 
uh, he uh, he calls um, this uh, denial of of uh, of government fu- preservation funds um, going to religious groups uh, pure discrimination. Yeah. Bruh. And he says this court will have to hear these that this kind of case in the future, uh, which he probably is correct. They probably will have to. Yep. Um, and they'll decide wrong. <laughs> if that court's been stacked well, they will be wrong. Anyway, that's 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 how I sort of see it, and that's it's it's interesting. But at least for the time being, uh, this lower court uh, are ruling stands yeah. i think if nothing else dan it, it it takes the ambiguity out of something that we're gonna have a really hard time as a society figuring out where that line really really yeah. exists in a in a in a good way we're not ready to have this conversation mm, maybe Culturally not maybe so, not like societally we're a bunch we're, of ding-dongs right we now. are we're, uh all right i'm taking us to uh pennsylvania where the, a judge uh, has has made an interesting ruling uh, which is in that, Pennsylvania. Yes. Uniontown, PA. Ooh. Uh, which every time I look at it, uh, I guess I'm a theater guy. I keep seeing you're in town, PA, but it's not. It's Uniontown. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. Uh, so there has been a ruling um, in the case of one Clyde E. Brothers Jr., uh, a 70-year-old man who was who used to serve as youth pastor and volunteer uh, volunteers uh, for biblical um, like Bible camps for, oh, yeah. for the kids and whatnot and yeah, youth yeah, yeah. pastor. Yeah, uh, you know what happens sometimes when you put a man in charge of kids? Oh no! Yeah. No. Yes, uh, he is. He's one of those. He um he abused abused and molested. Uh, well, a, a lot of the stuff that I read was about him basically grooming and then sh- grooming kids for it, and then showing like young boys pornography, and then like masturbating in front of them and making them encouraging them to masturbate and stuff. There may have been more. That's just the part. That's just what I read about. Wow, that's okay. plenty. Yeah, that's more than enough. Yeah, uh, he did it a lot. With a lot of boys. Wow. Uh, when he fi- when it finally came to light within the church, uh, the church elders actually did a good thing, which was when he when he confessed to them, they wa- they marched him down to the police station. Good. And said, you know, we'll, we'll be with you. We'll be there to support you, but you got to talk to the police about yeah. it. And he sort of clammed up when he got to the police. Right. You know, <laughs> but eventually he was convicted. Okay. Uh, here's the thing. The fucking elders of the church have been allowing him to keep continue attending church at their church while this all has been sort of happening. Okay. So uh, the judge, uh, in their wisdom, said, uh, ordered him to stop going to that church unless the unless the uh, the elders of the church or the the whoever's in charge at the church actually signs and delivers a waiver about that. So finally, the judge did the thing that these people should have been doing the whole time, which is just get this guy the fuck away from these people. Yeah, no kidding. But no, he he had been allowed to to attend. I just thought that was really interesting that he was that that the judge actually had to rule that that he he was not to attend the church. He's also not allowed to to uh, to have any sort of. like trust or whatever. Anyway, he's not allowed to own guns. He's uh, he's not allowed to have a p- a position of public trust or profit. Ah, uh, so it's I don't know. It's a very interesting ruling, but I thought, you know, when the churches won't do anything, usually also our legal system kind of falls in line with the churches. Yeah, and kind of uh, so to the detriment this, of the victims. He can't go to that church. Can he go to any churches? I don't know. Or is he just? Well, I mean, it says he's he's not to attend that church. I would think that it must be just that church. It might, it must be, and that's because there are victims, presumably, in that community. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's the whole well, basis. And 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 you know, this. even if the victims have stopped attending the church, which most of them have, right? Their families are still attending yeah. that church, and they okay. have to look at this guy. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Why would the church not? 
actually handle that themselves. It seems like he would be more of a disruptive well, presence. But the you know the whole ethos of Christianity is forgiveness, and you know they actually counseled people, you know, you know the mothers of children who this man abused. To forgive, which happens all the time in these churches. Like, your counsel isn't, I'm so sorry this happened. We're going to do everything in our power to change it. We're going to change everything about how we how we vet people and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to make sure that you don't have to look at this guy anymore. No, their counsel is, you have to forgive him. You have a heart full of hatred. Wow. That's, that's, how, these, that's how Christians do. That's really, really fascinating. Yeah. All right. Well, Dan, yes. um, here's a man some people may not be ready to forgive. Okay. Uh, pope Pius XII. Oh, he Popey. Was, he was uh, Pope during World War II. That's right. And What for, a peach. What a, what a peach of a fella. Well, for, yeah, he uh, sort of the, 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 the public persona or the public presentation of what he was up to was that he was staying neutral right. during the war. That the Vatican was neutral. Uh, and, I mean, they had observance on both sides of the damn thing. Right. Um, so that was the position that they took. Right. And... Which, P.S., just so in case anybody's unclear on this, neutrality in the face of mass murder of Jews... Is evil. May not be a good thing. Is pure, unadulterated evil. You're not allowed to be neutral on that. So, um, so yeah, so uh, Jewish leaders have wondered for essentially since World War II uh, whether or not Pope Pius XII um, did everything he could have done to save lives during, you know, the Holocaust. Right. A man um, in a position of significant influence... In the region where the Holocaust is happening, mm-hmm. what were you doing? Right. Um, and again, uh, the, well, this is what Pope Francis has to say, because they, what they're doing now is they're opening up his archives. Oh. Um, they're, opening, they're opening them up ahead of schedule. Okay. In order to allow... This is ahead of schedule? Yeah, it's, they, how many years since then? <laughs> typically, they wait seventy years after the the end of a pontificate oh. of, of a pope's rule. Right uh, after the pope dies, they wait seventy years to open up his his records. How many years has it been since this pope died? It's been like sixty two because apparently it's like eight years ahead of schedule. Oh my god! I'm, this is because uh, Jewish uh, survivors of the Holocaust have been asking for. Uh, it to be open before they die. Yeah. Like the, the, they're getting old. Yeah. And, and people would like there to be some resolution on this question, um, about whether or not he, uh, because the, the, his stance was, and, and, and the church's stance since then has been that he actually was working behind the scenes on humanitarian efforts to try to help the I've situation. Heard, I've heard people that have story. This, I've heard. Right? I've definitely heard that story. And so the Pope is is Pope Francis is obviously now opening it up to scrutiny. Yeah, people will be historians will now have access to his papers, and I mean, it's I'm sure an enormous archive. He was Pope for like like almost twenty years or whatever. Okay. Um, obviously, they're going to be looking at a specific period of time. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, he was elected six months before the outbreak of World War II. And, uh, and I so, mean, I'll feel, I'll feel for him on that one. That kind of sucks. Welcome, welcome to Popehood. Here's the hardest question a pope has had to answer in ten centuries. Right. Um, yeah. And and so there's just a lot of questions about this man and and what kind of figure he he really was. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, I mean, you you're you are on the position of condemning neutrality. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. Neutrality, though, can be, you know, in, in, l- let's face it, right? Like, what choice did the Vatican have when they were surrounded? And I'm, I'm not being an apologist here. I'm just sort of pointing out the reality. Here's the Vatican. Right. And they are surrounded by one of the Axis powers. Right. Right. That did have a concentration camp in the their great, country. The great fascists yeah. are, are 
yeah, literally and, surrounding and him. And I know nothing of this man. I know nothing of his of his papacy. Like I, I honestly, he was in a very difficult position he was, for sure. So he's in a position where he there's there's obviously evil happening in the world, right? And there's powers that are fighting against it. And neutrality can sometimes be uh, an an act of of self preservation. It can be. Right? Um, but I mean, there's neutrality about sort of the war as it was proceeding. Well, remember, not everybody knew that, like, like especially like in the West, it, it was it was still fairly limited about like exactly what people knew the Jews were being mistreated. They didn't know the extent of it, right? And but just as the, the, the just came the to mistreatment, light. just the, the 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 fact that they were being mistreated should have been enough, right? Right. I'm saying he could have remained neutral on a lot of points right. and still not remained neutral. Nonetheless, about- what is important here <laughs> is that um, he has a, a, a legacy that is very, very, very much in question. Yes. Right. Um, and there is a tradition of these popes becoming saints. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. And much... Uh, more recent popes have already been sainted, and so the 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 but the the oh yeah Catholic John Paul Church, just got it right yeah the Catholic Church has been very slow to saint to, to canonize this man right, right? Um, and in fact um, the, uh, the 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 criticisms of his legacy have really ramped up since the Vatican put Pius the twelfth on. On the list? The the road to, to sainthood. Okay. Right. Um, because, again, this man cannot, like, he has to be denounced. A full-throated denunciation of this man must happen if the history is that he was aware right. of, of the concentration camps and did nothing. Or, I mean, that's just at a bare minimum. Right. Right. Of, There's of, the possibility he was complicit. It, it it is very possible that he was complicit. Yeah. Right. It is very possible that he knew about it and gave his blessing. Yeah. Right. Like, like this is they're they're like I don't want anything that I said to sound like I'm equivocating or being an apologist or anything of the sort. I just think that this is that there are a lot of questions, and it is obviously a very complicated history, and these are the things that they're going to be wrestling with. Right. Yeah. Right? We'll see, and so it's it'll be that'll be interesting very, to very, watch. Very, very interesting. Um, my guess is that he did it. <laughs> I've got my money on he knew too much. He knew too much and did yeah. too little. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. All right, uh, we'll see how that plays out. Meanwhile, uh, the Episcopal Church, the the Anglican Communion, uh, is going to be having their big. Lambeth conference uh, coming up soon, and that's that's the biggest com- uh, conference uh, for, from the worldwide communion of Anglicans. Uh, the U.S. will be sending their uh, their bishops. What is it called again? Lambeth. Lambeth. We've talked about Lambeth before. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, it, you know it happens once a decade in oh Canterbury. My. Oh my. Um. There's there will be there are a few guests who will not be in attendance, which is to say that two of the bishops uh, in the U.S. will not be bringing their spouses. Oh now, no! As you know, uh, the oh, no. the Anglican no. Church is allowed to have uh, they, they they're allowed to have, to be married. No, Dan. No. Where is this going, Dan? There are a couple of gay bishops. No! And they are not to bring their, their spouses. Have, they specifically told them not to? Cordially not invited to Lambeth. Uh, it, no. It's controversial that there are gay bishops. Uh, there are plenty of parts of the Anglican Communion that uh, distinctly do not allow it and that think that it should not be allowed and that think that they're, they're not legitimate and question the legitimacy of, of these uh, bishops. Um, so yes, there, these two, uh, one of them's even a lady bishop. No. With a lady spouse. 
And they're letting her show up? They're not letting her show up. No no gay spouses. No, I said the... Oh, I they're letting the, the bishop come. The bishop can go. Right. But not her, not her lover, her partner, her spouse. Her wife? Her wife. I don't agree with any of this. No. <laughs> well, there's a shock. <laughs> Wait, on this program, <laughs> we don't agree with how a religion is running themselves? Shocking. I'm... <clears throat> so upset dan as well you should be um actually because this is one of the more liberal this is one of the more liberal ones and it's one where it's like where you where you know is one of these what gene robertson or whatever his name is robinson is he, uh is no he one of the guys he's not one of the guys okay uh, this but is he uh, was like one of the first ones to like get married or whatever right and he was anglican uh Am yeah I crazy about no that? no you're right okay well nonetheless um yeah. You know, but but like when when those kind of things back in the day happened, right? Where when there were like Anglican uh gay bishops and it was sort of first happening and they're they they've got their partner and there's this and there's right. that. As a gay man, I go, "Well, good for them." Right. This is progress. Yes. This is this is a good thing, right? And now however many, you know, it's decade and plus a few years later, um, I kind of just go, you idiots. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Like, like, what did you expect? Yeah. Right. Like, like you're, you're good for you. Yeah. You, you get to be in your little religion. Well, do they still accept you? Right. Do they really? Does, does your, the God that you all collectively believe in accept you? Right. Nope. Nope. Uh, they would rather... They they would rather completely alienate you and your partner and your life and mm-hmm. who you are, yeah, than risk pissing off the African contingency. Yeah, they they would rather not look at an African bishop in the face and say, "Sorry, this annoys you a little." Right. Sorry, you're a bit uncomfortable. Right. By the presence of two people. Right. Uh, That's disgusting. They'd rather whether they're if these people are allowed in their community, then their spouses are allowed. Yeah, no, they're not. Are they? Are are they going? Uh, yeah. The the so going in pro with with. So uh, what 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 they're saying is that like so several bishops wrote a letter of protest, Uh but then they decided that they would be going because what they said was that they didn't want to be not represented, right. Uh, yeah, at, at the conference. So they're going, but, uh, but they're not taking their people. They should just go with their spouses and say, no, they're coming. Yeah. I don't care who you've invited. Right. I'm coming and my spouse is coming and that's the end on it. Well, they're Anglican. They're too polite for that. (laughs) Yes. But this first thing, this other part is too fucking rude. Yeah. It's an affront. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so oh much for their uh, progressive nature. Ew, I hate the Anglicans. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, kids, if you want to uh, to chime in on this or any of the stories, uh, you can do so by writing to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com, or call and leave us a voicemail. The telephone number is 444. Nope. 424. Yep. 666 8442. There's a lot of fours in there, Dan. You, uh, wow, I'm glad I caught you on that one. Uh, yeah. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGI Atheist, and click the like button. And while you're on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It is a closed group, but we will let you in. Hey, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Rick Joyner has his sunglasses on again. Uh-oh. And he's standing outside. This is his favorite thing, Dan. I don't know. Oh, if, he loves this, actually. If, <laughs> if, if you've ne- uh, dear listener, if you've never actually, like, watched a Rick Joyner video, like, if you've only ever heard him on this show, um, you should really go uh, check out a video. Because he has different things. He's got his show. Yeah. But then when he wants to get a little bit more... Uh, cash yeah he'll just do it he'll just do it like a facebook live poster or yeah. whatever on, yeah out, and he, out on his porch yeah and he'll, he'll have his sunglasses on and you know he's out in the in sort of 
the cold and he's talking to us and he's giving his his sort of words of great deep wisdom this man yeah oh my god rick joiner uh well he uh is a little up in arms uh over uh Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ooh, AOC yeah. herself. Um, and uh, he says that uh, he, he sort of, he's a little flummoxed by her rise, right? Yeah. In, in, in politics and whatnot. So uh, let's, 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 let's have a listen to what, what he has to say. Oh, yes, please. I believe it goes back to, uh, to the, some fundamental issues but it talks about in Isaiah, when we start calling good evil and evil good and honoring the dishonorable and dishonoring the honorable, which we're doing now as a country, you know what the consequences for doing that is named? The judgment of God that would come upon the countries that would do that. Capricious children will be your leaders. Read it in Isaiah 5, chapter 5. Capricious children. I couldn't imagine anyone leading more capricious than this uh, Ocasio-Cortez. And it's remarkable. You see the seniors standing behind her as she spews this stuff like they're camp. She is already leading the seniors in her party. She's having more impact. They're listening to her. They're not not rebuking her at all for the foolish, maddening things she's saying. I mean, there have been some minor rebukes come from some. But how shocking is this? It's happening right before eyes, prophecy being fulfilled. You know, there are people that are older than her not yelling at her. I know. Not rebuking her. I mean, it's a minor rebuke. So, I mean, okay, well, you we, know. We need, like, rebuke, rebuke. Like, full... <laughs> unequivocal rebuke you know the hatred this woman of this How dare she? of that particular woman here's the thing i have purposefully not followed a lot of her story oh? because she's new and i figure you know i i just she's a firebrand yeah and i want her to just sort of mellow out before i start like tuning in right a little bit uh but because everybody's yelling about her right the left seems to be like screaming about how great she is the right seems to be screaming about how stupid and idiotic and right. horrible she is and i'm just i i just didn't i just i have only so much uh fuel in my right. political you know battery right now yeah, yeah. so i i just haven't done it but it is funny to me that like what has become clear uh-huh. is that the 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 right's rhetoric if they had applied it to Paul Ryan, who was who started <laughs> at exactly the same age as yeah. she's starting. Yeah. Uh, it's clear was that it's... exactly the same age? I think it was about the same age. No way. Late 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he was even younger than she is. Huh. And wow. it's just like, if we go back and apply what they're saying about her and her youth to him, uh, yeah, they don't... It's clearly about her being a woman. Absolutely. It's and 100% she, they well, hate that, that a woman, a young woman... Is speaking up absolutely, and and I'm sorry. She's she's educated. It's not. I mean, first of all, he's calling her a, 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 a the, what did it say in, in Isaiah? A, a petulant child or something a, about a, a, a child, right? Yeah. Like she's not a child. She's an educated twenty nine year old or twenty eight year old, however old she is, woman. Yeah, right. With responsibilities. And like, like this is, this is not a child. This is not a capricious child or whatever. How about capricious child being our leader? How about our president? Yeah. He's, he is a capricious child. He acts like one. He's literally childish all of the time. Right. And so like, it's just infuriating to me. And like this, this woman, she is... She is, I mean, this goes without saying, but like she is poised to be quite literally the voice of her generation. Like I, I'm, I'm in contact with some of my former students from when I used to teach at, you know, yeah. in, in, in an after school arts program right. um, who are now in their twenties. Right. And 
they look to her with com- just complete starstruck admiration. Yep. Like she is it for them. And 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 it'd be, uh, yeah. There anyway, so this this is this isn't this is infuriating <laughs> stuff for me. <laughs> like I'm just like no way. Fuck you, Rick Joiner. How funny. All right. Well, we had some folks write into us. Uh, I will, I will just launch in. Madison wrote to us, Hi, Frank and Dan. I love the podcast, uh, especially since I was raised in Salt Lake and a Mormon until I was 16. Uh, per episode 378. By the way, we had a lot of people reacting to this whole, uh, to our conversation last week about whether or not we were raised in a cult. Yeah. So uh, that's what a lot of these are going to be. Isn't that interesting to. that that resonated? Yeah. Dan. There you go. <laughs> the idea that Mormonism is a cult. Yeah, people seem to... People seem to be on board with that thought. <laughs> All right. Okay, back to Madison. I don't disagree with your conclusion about Mormonism. I think it is culty, but not a Qureshi cult. Mm. I wanted to point out, as many people don't realize, Mormonism was founded during the Second Great Awakening, during which hundreds of Americans were looking for new ways to connect with God and create their own heavens on Earth. Joseph Smith was very, very wrong, but he wasn't doing anything too abnormal for the time. Mormonism in the 1840s could definitely be considered a cult, as Joseph Smith was their mayor, unsuccessfully ran for president, and created their own language and banks, uh, <laughs> and married teenagers. Yeah. This isn't too far off from what the uh, Ikarians, Shakers, or members of the New Harmony were doing. Hmm. Uh, though, mem- though maybe we should have just stopped and switched to silverware making, like the Oneidans. <laughs> So that was uh, that was Madison. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Sasha wrote in, "Hey, uh, hey guys, as someone who was born and raised and lived for forty years of my life as a JW, that's a Jehovah's Witness, uh, this subject is dear to me, and I have spent a lot of time researching this. I recommend checking out the work of Stephen Hassan, uh, especially his book Combating Cult Mind Control. He has created the Bite Model uh, checklist that helps define." A, cult and high control groups it stands for behavior control information control thought control and emotional control wow uh, he says the size the size of a group doesn't negate whether it is a cult or not jw's jdubs and uh, lds like to say they can't be a cult because of their huge numbers but that is an irrelevant argument uh that they attempt to make yeah uh i'm gonna i'm gonna jump us now to uh to Jay's uh, email because this this delighted me. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, get your pencils out because uh, Jay has has offered this. Uh, hey, Frank and Dan, I've been listening and loving uh, the pod for a while. I come bearing tidings of great joy, specifically a recipe. This oh. comes because ever since y'all gave the current president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints the moniker Rusty Nelson, <laughs> I knew I needed to contribute something. So I've got a simple drink recipe with both coffee and alcohol, oh. because once you leave Mormonism, it's best to go whole hog. <laughs> so he's, made, he's, he's given us the recipe for the, okay. rus- the Rusty Nelson. The Rusty Nelson, all right. Uh, so write, write this down, everybody. Uh, one and a half ounces of bourbon or smooth blended whiskey. Ooh. Half ounce of Cointreau or other orange liqueur. Okay. Uh, ounce and a half of coffee, preferably concentrated cold brew. Oh, okay. Dash of orange bitters and just a twist of orange. Uh, or in his case, he said he, he used his homemade candied kumquats. And then wow. He, he Who said, is this guy? He said mix with ice and candied shake. kumquats. I know. Homemade? He said a pinch of freshly ground nutmeg, too. Who is this guy? This this is a this is a mixologist. Yes, this is a a, a drink maker. Ah, a cocktailian. Holy crap! Anyway, okay. uh, it sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, he said, no, mix with ice, great. strain it over ice uh, in a rocks glass, and garnish. This guy loves good food. He I think we need to do drinks. this. I'm going like, to make one of these. You absolutely should. A rusty Nelson sounds delicious. I'm making one. Um, so there you go. Uh, what do you got for us? Well, we have some people to thank, Dan. Oh, well, we must thank them then. Uh, we have our Pantheon this okay. week that we need to make sure that we give a big thanks to. 
these are all good folk who went to um, our Patreon campaign, yeah. which can be found by going to thankgodimatheist.com and clicking on the support tab. Yes. There's a couple options there. Some people go to PayPal. These folks went to Patreon. Right. Um, and they have all signed up. Uh, these are all... The Pantheon got created, everyone, in case you don't, you don't realize or know, because we have a tie for first place. Right. right. We used to call our top donor the Lord and Savior. And we, right. and, and these and we are still all do. our Lords and Saviors, yes. but there's a pantheon of them. Yes, there's so a lot. So what, what does one do when there's more than one? Uh, well, we're, we're we polytheistic. That's yes, what exactly. Um, so here are, the, here's, here are the, their names in no particular order. Well, in, I think it's recent to old. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so there is an order. Uh, Jash, uh, Scott... Melissa, D, Hannah, Liz, and Judy. Thank you, one and all. Uh, we can't do this show without you or the support of the rest of our Patreons or uh, patrons. I do um, have to, I do have to interject because I just realized that we do have a uh, one uh, new um, PayPal donor. Oh, okay. So thanks so much to Rachel's Styles. For uh, for for their uh, contribution, their awesome. month- monthly contribution. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you're listening to this and you're enjoying it, and you're not currently one of our patrons, mm. uh, what are you doing with yourself? What's what does your life look like? <laughs> Do you feel good about yourself? <laughs> get onto it. Get, so go to thankautomatheist.com if you feel like uh, you want to show some appreciation, and uh, and sign up on one of these two platforms. And uh, and and you will have our undying gratitude. So hail to thee, uh, all you current donors, and we love you. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you. Dan. Yes, sir. Okay, so. We wanted to talk today about this uh, study from this group of anthropologists at Oxford. Yeah, you, you found this and, and brought it to my attention. Yeah. Um, and uh, they have they, basically they've, they've looked at they've looked the world over and looked for common themes that most cultures, religions, societies, whatever, have sort of shared as their ideas of, of a code of of morals as, right? as close to universal themes of, yeah. for morality as they could as right. they could find and obviously in christianity those of us who grew up christian or have familiarity with christianity uh you know there's the ten, ten commandments sure right? or if you grew up jewish right right um the uh but the buddhists have their their uh eightfold path and their Four pillars yeah. or whatever the thing is. And, yeah, there, there are these things the that are, are out there um, as far as like sort of the 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 the, the, the you can, but can you dis- distill out universal moral rules? Sure. Uh, so these are the the seven that they came up with uh, that uh, that seem to be pervasive throughout. The, yeah. Throughout all uh, human cultures. Yeah. So okay. Let, let's see what, what we think of them, and we'd love to, to know what our listeners think of them. So uh, help your family is number one. Okay. Help your group. Okay. Return favors. Interesting. Be brave. Uh, that one's really interesting to me. Be brave. Be brave. Just be brave. Yeah. We, yeah. There, there's some interesting stuff to suss out there. Yeah. Uh Defer to superiors. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, I really like that one. Divi- divide resources fairly. Interesting. Um, and respect others' property. Okay. Uh, so this was a survey of 60 cultures from around the world. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it, it, it raises some interesting questions. We had – I have sort of an initial – uh, kind of visceral reaction to some of these. Yeah, me too. Um, obviously, like uh, you know, help your family. I'm like, yeah, well, they better help me, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> we don't choose our family. What if you're born into an asshole family? Um, uh, you know, uh, help your group. 
we're we're both kind of anti groupthink types. Yeah, um, it's yeah. But I get I get what they're saying here, and I get why these are actually important. Uh, return favors. What do you think of that, Dan? That one's really interesting to me. Uh, there's no thou shalt. That, right. That sort of smacks of that. Right. But this sense of reciprocity, this sense yeah. of uh, but but it's voluntary reciprocity. It's not it's not, you know, do if a person I don't know. It's it's that's a really interesting one. Return favors. I'm actually OK with that. I think it's I think return favors if that's like. A, a cornerstone of a of, of a moral code. It's not a bad moral code. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it makes sense. If somebody, it, I've never put a lot of thought into it. If somebody does me a favor, sure, I'll return. The I favor. mean, I guess that's I, you know. I prefer, I actually prefer being, the word the the wording of of what we call the golden rule, which is, which which sounds similar. It sounds it's way. it's along the similar lines, but rather than it, because what this feels like, what the phrase return favors feels like is a mandate that, like, if someone has done something kind for you, you have to seek out something kind to do to them. Well, you know what? I don't know that that's always necessary. I don't know that you have to, have to seek it out. Because, like, you can ask for a favor to be returned. Yeah. You know, like, the, there, there's calling in favors. There, there's that concept, right? Yeah. Like, you've done your good out in the world, right? And if somebody comes and they ask you and they are, they're in need... um. And you know them to be a good person, you probably want to help them out. I and just even feel, if you don't know them to be a good person, I just you prefer the ethos of do good. Period. Right. And like it doesn't matter if they've done you. It, it feels like to some extent it's like if if someone's done you a favor, you owe them rather than just you owe you owe humanity your goodness. Return favor. So you you prefer pay it forward. If, if, if it just if they'd substituted pay it forward to return favors i do not think that's what i'm saying i don't think so uh, but i just i just also like a very very good movie oh a splendid splendid film <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm, I just like I just like as an ethos I like the idea of like just do good for humanity and don't, and like the expectation of a return feels cheap to me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, however, I don't mind it. I don't mind it certainly as much as I mind the idea of obey superiors. Right. And maybe defer, that's well. It says defer to superiors. Def, defer to. Well, superiors. Dan. I mean, here's the thing. Who's it, Societies don't function if they're essentially they don't work if there aren't hierarchies, right? And there are superiors in like you, I assume you pay your taxes. I do. Yeah, but I but here's the thing. That, I, that's I, that's that's just deferring to a superior in essence. Well, right? I th I think that the American idea and this. Uh, I don't know that we invented it, but this is this has sort of always been our ethos, our concept is that the people who are in charge are not our superiors. They're not our bosses, uh, you know, current president and his personal views notwithstanding. They are our representatives. They represent the boss is the people and the and the and the people who are making these laws are doing so theoretically as representatives of the people. Right. So like, it's not, so I agree that there should be a social structure and a social order and that, you know, we have laws and we need to obey our laws. Right. Uh, but that to me, isn't uh, deferring to a superior. Well, it doesn't say blindly, right? It doesn't say with, without ever questioning authority, right? This isn't sort of, right. some sort of like, but I think a defer is an interesting word. Yeah. Because it's, it's not saying obey your superiors. Yeah. But I mean, right. I will say that like, you know, when I'm in traffic, if a police officer is directing me to go in a direction, I will I will defer to that. Absolutely. Uh because I think that's how we keep social order. And isn't that what this is all about that's really? What this is, yeah. I mean because again, there are these hierarchies, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Right. Um whether it's at work or school or 
um, wherever you might find yourself in some sort of group organization, right? right? Maybe you volunteer somewhere. Well, there's somebody that you, you, you report to. You answer to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and if, if, if that arrangement, the, the thing that's interesting here, especially like in sort of our context is that if, if that arrangement stops working for you, right? Like you have a boss that you don't respect or like, or you just can't work for them. You go, you go find a different job mm. or you get transferred to a different department. If you're or lucky, if, if you're lucky, right. But you there, that option sort of exists out there in the context of like going in some sort of voluntary type thing. You just stop doing it. You find some other cause that you like, right? Like there's a lot of, you know, we, we have a lot of these, these freedoms, right. right? Um, and, and it's, this is not about blindly following, right? It's, I, I, I no. don't have a problem with the idea of deferring to superiors because the, the order in the workplace would fall apart, right? Sure. With somebody who has employees, but who also answers to people, right? Right. Like, I understand that there has to be order and people right. have to be willing to listen to me and I have to be willing to listen to my boss. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, order is important, and I think that's what a lot of this is, right? These guys are uh, they are evolutionary anthropologists, cognitive and evolutionary anthropologists. Mm-hmm. And when you look at sort of evolutionary, human evolutionary mandates, mm-hmm. we, we have developed a pro-social uh, collective sort of uh, ethos. I've mm-hmm. used the word ethos a lot. I'm going to try and back off of that word. If it's if it's the word you need, Dan, don't avoid it. But the mandate is that we have to be that pro-sociality is necessary for our species because mm-hmm. we're terrible as individuals. Yeah. We suck. But yeah. but you get a few of us together and we do real well. We do really amazing things. We sometimes. we thrive. Yeah. Uh the next one on the list divide resources fairly. I think that's interesting. And it's fairly like they've chose they've chosen these words really really carefully. Yeah, right? uh, it does not say divide resources equally or right or evenly right? or whatever. Yeah, um, it's it's about a fair distribution of of the resources that are out there, and uh, that's, that's, that's 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 one where our society is kind of failing currently. We're we're in a we're in a little bit of a we have a problem right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got poor people who. It's 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 turning into true abject poverty in this country. Who are we working homeless people? Who are working three jobs, yeah. all of which make somebody uh, well above them right. wealthy, right? Beyond like beyond wealthy, right. crazy wealthy, right? And 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 our homelessness problem is expanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, our urban centers are not providing enough housing uh, for 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 the lower end of the economic right you know spectrum whatever um and uh and so we've got some real problems and we best be fixing these things yes because i think this is when societies really start to crumble and fall apart when they can't figure these things out yeah um although in uh, fairness to america we have some really cool military planes so (laughs) they can do some amazing things and a lot of them. And so many. It's not just that we've we have got a couple sitting around. Oh, my God. We can blow anything up. So uh, that's nice. At yeah. least we've got that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and respect others' property. I think that-, that, I think that one, that's probably the first. Like, I would guess that if, if anthropologists go back as far as they can go, uh-huh. that's going to be the first rule that, that has ever come up. I think help your family. I think, I mean, I, okay. Sort of, because we're talking about survive. You're not even talking about property. Sure. Yet. You're talking sure. about survivorship or just surviving. Okay. Yeah. I'm, right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But in terms of like, you know, yeah, you can't kill anybody. And also my stuff is my stuff and your stuff is your stuff. And you're not allowed to like yeah. infringe on that. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, you see, you see like chimpanzees wrestling with that one. <laughs> hey, that was mine. <laughs> and then did we get into be brave? Be brave. That's so weird, isn't it? Though, I, but it, you and I it, were talking about this, and we were like, we were trying to think about it in terms of like our Mormon upbringing. And though I I can't think of ways in like specific ways in which I was exhorted to be brave, the word valiant comes up all the comes time. up all the time as you're being uh-huh. raised in Mormonism. Yeah, 
And I, I mean, so like they're, and you know, we sing onward Christian soldiers yeah. marching as to war. Yeah. Like bravery is invoked. Yeah. But it's, it never, it never seemed like in my mind, it was not a hallmark of Mormonism or no. Christianity. And now that I think about it, I'm like, wow, that is actually, it's like, it's like spread and woven through there. Right. Yeah. Like it's. It, it it's really quite bizarre. We're we yeah we are valiant in our you know in our pursuit of goodness and in our yeah fighting of evil and stuff yeah. which you know as it plays out in an average Mormon home just means you know super mean to their gay kids but you know <laughs> it's it's at least brave to disown your own child for Jesus. <gasps> look at how brave and valiant we're being uh yeah anyway uh an interesting group of things uh of concepts i mean it's a i'll say this it's a better list than the ten commandments yeah because i agree because like you you point out it's essentially all pro-social sort of rules right right successful societies have figured these things out and some of them coincide with some of the ten commandments yeah but you know the top four commandments are all about like i'm god and you have to say i'm god and shut up if you don't think i'm god and everybody has to worship me and love me forever amen right that's one through four (laughs) essentially anyway uh hey if you guys have anything you you know if you'd like to suggest a uh a good moral rule that you think could be universally supo- uh, applied, <laughs> send it to us. Podcast Woo-hoo! at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Indeed. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. Click that like button. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It is a closed group, uh, but we will let you in. Also, uh, on Twitter and Reddit, uh, look for the... Our, our handle is uh, TGIAtheist. Yes. Uh, speaking of social media, thanks so much to Mackenzie for all of her good work. Uh, on the Facebook page and thanks to uh, uh, Amy and Danny for their work as moderators in the Members Only Lounge and a big thanks goes out to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music and to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music and thank all of you for tuning in thanks so much guys bye ciao